1: And hello, hello, welcome to Million Dollar Mindset Radio. We have some serious mindset stuff to talk about today, folks. I mean, really, this is a big one. (laughs) This is a big one. What if I were to tell you that there is an absolutely free advertising opportunity available to you that could bring you more income, maybe a lot more income? That's right. You may be staring it right in the face, but you close your eyes to it, as so many people do. This is word of mouth marketing. Now, don't poo poo it, because this is extremely powerful. The most successful people I know, and I know some really, really highly successful people swear that it's because of their reputation, and it's because of the way other people talk about them and whatever their product or service is. Word of mouth advertising is the most powerful advertising vehicle you have. And even though it seems simple enough, right? Somebody loves your product or service and you, so they tell others about it. And those people tell more people. And before you know it, your books are flooded with new business. Seems simple, but very few people really understand it and understand how to execute it and have expectations that aren't realistic. Listen to this: the Word of Mouth Advertising, uh, Word of Mouth Marketing rather Association. Yes, there is a Word of Mouth Marketing Association. That's how big this is, okay? And the American Marketing Association recently conducted a study showing that 64% of marketing executives believe that word of mouth is the most effective and powerful form of marketing there is. That's cool, but then listen to this. However, only 6% say they have mastered it. What? What is that all about? Who does that? Who has an absolutely free advertising and marketing opportunity and doesn't bother to go after it. 6%. Now, these are marketing executives, experienced, probably schooled people who, I mean, come on, there's no excuse, right? And you might be doing the same. So those marketing executives agree, it is the most effective form of marketing out there. And Just 6%. I mean, I can't get over that. So what about you? What about you? You know how powerful word of mouth advertising or marketing is. If you don't, then this may change your mind. Listen to another stat. I love my statistics. Oh, I love them. According to Nielsen, you all know Nielsen, right? 92% of consumers find recommendations from friends or family more believable than all other forms of advertising, not some other forms, all other forms of advertising. And, you know, I was actually given some thought to this yesterday, just kind of going through my own history of, of purchasing. And when I had to put on a new roof and when I had to install new HVAC system on my home, when I had to find a new doctor, when I had to look for a dentist, I didn't listen to any of the commercials. I didn't go to the now extinct yellow pages. When was the last time you made a big purchase or sought out a professional for health, um, for household repair or remodel, and those smaller purchases? How about those? How many of those came from a conversation with someone? Heck, never mind my roofer and my HVAC guy, my electrician, my doctor, my dentist. But even the movies I go to are usually because a friend says, oh, you'll love this one. You have to see this one. Even the movies and and movie trailers are very powerful, but that's not always what draws me in. So now ask yourself, how much effort? do you invest in helping your customers, your friends, family, the people at your networking groups, business professionals who you meet and all these other referral resources who are at your fingertips? How much time do you invest in helping them understand how to spread the word about you and your business, your product or your service effectively and with ease? In fact, let me ask this. Toss this around in your mind. When was the last time you even asked for a referral? Outright asked for a referral. Well, the truth is your customers are probably really enthusiastic about providing referrals. But when we don't help them understand how to do it, and in the best possible way and in a way that is easy for them, we're just making the job of sharing for them very difficult. You've got to invest your time and effort into educating your referral sources so you can improve the results of your word of mouth marketing. Now, I recall um, a chiropractor I used to go to, a husband and wife team. And, you know, they were all about sending referrals to me for my EFT practice, my emotional freedom techniques. Uh, It's also called EFT tapping. Uh, Amazing, amazing, amazing thing. And uh, I can help people from all walks of life with EFT. But you know what? That didn't help them to know. So I had to get very specific with them. I had to say, Anytime you have a client who fits one of these profiles, a patient who fits one of these profiles, even though you're giving them the best care and helping them in every way that you know and that you feel they really ought to be improving, there is probably an emotional reason blocking their recovery and I can help those people. So when someone isn't healing and you think they should be healing differently or better or faster, send them to me. And then the other thing I said to them is when someone comes in and they're overwhelmed by life and you can just see that it's affecting their health, I can help them. Send them to me. Now, how many referrals do you think I got after that? I got a lot. You know, when someone is so stressed out that they're just, they're done, they're, they're getting sick, I got a lot of referrals from them because I was very specific about which patients would be amazing EFT candidates and which ones I could help. So that's what you have to do. You have to make it easy for them. We're going to go over this in more detail as the show goes on. So, you know, I did a real quick Google search on how to get... Referrals and it yielded about 60 million <laughs> results. Okay. So that tells me something, right? It tells you something. People want to know how to do this. Business owners want to know. Salespeople want to know how do I get people to talk about me? How do I get people to send their friends, families, neighbors, peers, coworkers? How do I get them to send those people to me? And even though 60 million results, 60 million pieces of information are on the Internet just under those search terms. The statistics show that in spite of all that information that's available to us, marketers simply just don't do it. Okay? We don't. Marketers don't do it. And you know what? I'm talking to myself here, too. I mean, I do ask for referrals. I do get a lot of word of mouth. But I had to work at it, okay? And I'm going to teach you how to do the same today here on Million Dollar Mindset Radio. So let me ask you these questions. What do you think about asking for and receiving referrals? The receiving part sounds really cool, but the asking part, how does that feel to you? Really explore that. Be honest with yourself. And if and if you're saying, "Well, it sounds okay," then ask yourself how many word of mouth referrals you've gotten in the last week? And if that number isn't up there, well, then you're lying to yourself in one way or another. You know, really, most satisfied clients are really, really willing to provide you with the names of other people to call on. They're willing to talk to other people about you. In fact, many will actively endorse you and your product or service if given the chance. And most expect to be asked for referrals. So if you're not asking, you're missing that huge opportunity. They're kind of waiting for you to do it, okay? So why do people feel afraid to speak to their clients and to their other referral resources to ask? Well, we do need to overcome this this reluctance because it disables that bridge to the next sale. Every time you hesitate to ask for a referral, you increase the association between asking for a referral and the resulting unpleasant sensation. And before you know it, you've got a really self-destructive habit going on. A self-destructive habit is born. So it's it, it's so important that you look at these energy blocks that keep you from asking for the sale and asking for the referral and asking people to spread the word about you. And there are so many ways that people can do that for you. But The first step is really understanding your mindset behind, okay, how will it feel when I pick up the phone and I talk to, um, I'm just going to use myself as an example and, and, and a made up name. How will it feel if I pick up the phone and I call Jane, one of my clients, and I say to her, Jane, you know, how many people do you know who really could benefit from just a complimentary half hour discussion with me? And that feels good to me, actually. It feels good to me. But I have to tell you, there was a time when it was the scariest thought in the world. Oh, my goodness. And we're going to go into a break. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to reveal to you why it was so scary for me um, as we go on talking about these different beliefs and such. I'll I'll slowly unpeel why the thought of picking up the phone and asking a client for a referral was so scary to me and how I overcame it because there are some really, really wonderful things you can do, absolutely, to change that mindset and to convince yourself to pick up the phone and ask for that word-of-mouth referral. So when we come back, we're going to take a look at some of the energy blocks that are keeping you from the
2: ask.
0: Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's The Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life. And the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Briles, Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is TokiNet Radio. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories? The people behind their masks? The truth about people's failures and redemptions? in both their business and personal lives. Then Off the Record, Secrets of, with host Judy Schreiner, is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years, and now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list tune in and call in as host judy schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each tuesday at noon eastern 11 a.m central welcome back to the million dollar mindset if you're ready for a big change in your work your career your happiness your life it all starts with attitude and marla is here to help it's the million dollar mindset on Toginet.com. and now back to your host marla Tabaka.
1: So referrals and word of mouth marketing are the lowest hanging fruit you have as a marketing professional. And if you're an entrepreneur, you are a marketing professional. You are a salesperson. So the first thing you need to do is embrace that. That your job is to sell. It is to educate people about your product or your service. It is to create those relationships that are so important. You know, I can honestly say that maybe 30 to 40%. Of my time in the office each week is spent coaching. The rest is really all about the marketing, all about the relationship building, all about the things that bring those clients to me. And that is the way business is, you know, people who go into business knowing a trade or a skill, but not knowing how to sell, how to market, how to become an expert in the eye of the, of the consumer. Those people get in trouble. So we're going to look at some of the limiting beliefs and energy blocks behind the fact that so many people don't ask for the sale and ask for the referral and ask for the word of mouth um, benefits that they could gain for their business. And, you know, the first is just all these different limiting beliefs, okay? Having limiting beliefs that limit you and limit your customers from sharing the news about you, they're, they're, they're just going to hold you down. So here are some that I've seen and experienced myself even. Okay. This is the idea that clients will be offended if you ask for the referrals. Okay. Business owners fear that asking for that referral will somehow jeopardize their relationship with the client. Like, okay, you know, here's 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 one crazy fantasy I had once, you know, so the client came to me and said, what, what? You mean I'm paying you the big bucks and you expect me to take my time to sell for you? Go sell your own damn business. <laughs> you know, that's kind of that's how I fabricated things in my mind. Like, oh, my gosh, if I do this, oh, my goodness. You know, but now years later, I can tell you that that has never, ever, ever anything close like that has ever happened to me the worst thing that has ever happened isn't so bad at all and that is simply the client saying you know what i really don't i don't know anyone like me i don't know other entrepreneurs i don't know people who blank 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 so so really that's the worst thing and um Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's, I I think in one case years ago, my request was just totally ignored, but that doesn't mean that she didn't want to send me clients. It probably means that she said, I'm going to have to think on this and just it it slipped through the cracks. And at the time, I didn't have the guts to go back and and to say, hey, you know, I sent you this request, and I'm just wondering, blah, 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 or to pick up the phone. I didn't. And, you know, I probably lost some great opportunities there, because I didn't remind my busy client of my ask. Now, here's another one. There was a time this comes from me. this comes from my own psyche, and thank goodness you know i 've overcome these you know mostly. I mean there are times that even though you overcome limiting beliefs, they still rear their ugly heads when something you know some new situation comes about or some new trigger in your life triggers something that that brings about insecurity or fear or whatever but there 's a time with i when I struggled with the fear that asking for a referral may get my client to thinking, really thinking, deeply thinking about what they gain from coaching and that they may not really see the value when they dig in. I mean, that's ridiculous. They're coming back month after month, week after week. How, How little credit was I giving my clients to think that they're paying all that money, investing all this time, not only inside of our coaching sessions, but outside of our coaching sessions and... And that they, they don't see the value. Who was I shortchanging? Not just me, but my client, too. My goodness. So, so again, that's something that was just such a bogus thought. And it's something I had to work through. It's something that I had to look at and recognize my own value. And I did that in a number of ways. I want to go take a pause for a minute to go through this, because this is something I see in a ton of service providers, okay, People who have a business or a solo practice providing a service because that becomes very very personal if if someone came to me and it was someone i I respected and said, "You know you' are a lousy coach, you just really are are horrible at your job you know that that would affect me right but most often people come to me actually. Always really, I mean I've never had anybody say that to me. The the truth is that people come to me and say, You're you're amazing at what you do. You have a gift. I can't tell you how this has changed my life. I can't tell you how much this has helped me. I never thought this was possible. Those are the real the things that I really see. And so one of the first things I did was I sat down and I went through my emails from clients and I withdrew every statement. I copied and pasted every statement like that into one document. And it was pages long. And I I kept that document. And for several months, any time a client would say to me in a session something that, you know, just affirmed my my talent, my skill, my gift, my ability to help them. I typed that into this document. I kept kind of a running tally, if you will. And you know what? I still use that document to this day uh, just as a feel-good thing or when I do need a boost. I mean, we all kind of can slip into those moments where we might lose a little faith or belief. And and uh, yeah, I'm human too. I do it. And, and so I keep that document. If you can't do that, then ask people. Well, and I also did this too. It was an exercise that my own coach gave me. And she challenged me to ask my closest friends, to write down 50 things that they admire, respect, or love about me. 50 things. I'm like, 50? They might be able to name three, five, seven if I'm lucky, but 50? No, I'm not going to ask people to spend the time to sit down and do that. And then she said, yeah, you are. And then you are going to meet with them and ask them to spend the time sitting down, reciting those 50 things to you and offering explanation or, or further comment where they see fit. Holy Moses. But you know what? Both of the friends I asked to do this, <laughs> Neither of them stopped at 50. That list went beyond 50. And I had to make my own list. Now that was hard. But once I got going, I could do it too. And so try that and you know do a separate one you know for me because coaching is just integrated it's is a part of who i am it it does not define who i am but it is a part of who i am so that all fell into one document right one list but for you your business may be very different okay if you have a physical fitness training facility or something like that this needs to be about you and about your business separately. So make that list. Start to define your value, and then your customers can do that. And we're going to talk at a lot more at length about that later in the show. Okay. Another one is is just having an off off uh, base perception. Salespeople and entrepreneurs believe that they need to prove themselves over and over and over again to their clients before the clients will feel comfortable referring them to others. But again, the truth is, once a client experiences the value of your product or service, they are most likely to be very happy to share your information with others. And we're going to talk about how you can do that, how you can make it easy for them later in the show. You have nothing to prove. Your product or service speaks for itself, doesn't it? The way that you serve people, the customer service, the quality of your product, the 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 beauty of your service, whatever it is, the, the convenience, whatever it is you're doing for your client, it proves itself. The proof is within what you sell and who you are. You don't need to keep proving yourself over and over until you feel they see the value. They're going to see the value right up front or they're not coming back. It's that simple. We also make assumptions, kind of off-base assumptions. You know, some people actually expect their clients to get angry. When they ask for referrals, kind of like what I said above, you mean I'm paying you the big bucks? And, you know, this may even be a fear that the clients will go as far as throwing them out of the office or stop using their product or service just because they asked. And people hesitate to be in imposition or ask their client to take time away from their own work to help out. The truth is, though, that people love sharing a good thing. I mean, come on. When was the last time you had... You know, okay, great. For instance, when I had my roof went on, put on, you know, this is an older house, so I've had one other roof put on since I've lived here. The first time, they threw stuff in my bushes. They didn't cover the bushes. They stepped on some of the landscaping. They left nails in the driveway. Um, oh, my gosh. And, and, and the quality of the roof well the skylights leaked I can tell you that (laughs) you know did I want to share news about those people no but the second time this guy was amazing I mean I couldn't even tell he and his crew had been here except for the new roof and it's beautiful and they tore off the old one instead of putting another roof over which I just I don't feel is, is 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 good service when people do that and and It was was amazing, and the cost was amazing. So I wanted to talk about him. I really did. People want to share. Make it easy for them, and there are so many ways you can do that. We're going to cover that as we go on in the show. Now, what about your inner critic? People often doubt that their clients will have anyone to refer to them, or, again, that they're worthy of the referral. But here's the fact, okay? People know people. Think about how many of your clients or customers live in seclusion. Absolute seclusion. They don't know anybody. Right, right. And what about that fear of not being worthy? Well, call me for some coaching and I can help you through that fear probably in one or two sessions. Truthfully, I can get you to the other side of that not worthy belief system very, very quickly. So go to my website, Marla Tabaka, T-A-B-A-K-A.com and uh, go ahead and contact me. And we're going to talk more about that. You and I just one-to-one, okay? And when we come back from the next break, we're going to talk about shifting these mindsets and how you can move to the other side of these mindsets on your own to some degree. But again, if it's deep, You need a coach. We're going to be right back.
0: Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these.
2: Shh, listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better, forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world.
0: This is the TogiNet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka.
1: And I would love to invite you to head on over to learn more about small business and mindset and everything entrepreneur at my column on ink.com, INC dot com slash author slash marla hyphen tabaka or you can just go to ink.com and and search on my name and you'll come up with a page full of my columns. I've been gosh I've been writing there for <laughs> I think six years, maybe even seven, long time. So there's lots of good stuff over there. And uh and this week's is actually on this very, very topic. We're just going deeper into it here on Million Dollar Mindset Radio. So so let's review. I just want to ask you, do you know what negative thoughts or beliefs are keeping you from asking for referrals? It is low-hanging fruit. It is money left on the table. It is it is the difference between you being where you're at and where you want to be. You really need to deal with this question because your freedom from this, this reluctance thing lies in identifying the specific energy blocks that keep you from asking for the referral. So, so you need to get to know yourself around this. You need to understand what stops you and make sure that you're not lying to yourself. If it's a matter of, oh, I don't have time, that's going to be a big old fat lie. You do have the time. You always have the time to bring in more business. It's deeper than that. And again, that's what coaching is about. If you can't figure this out, if you're not asking for referrals and you really don't know the true answer as to why, which will almost always come down to some sort of a fear, okay? then find yourself a good coach. And I invite you to give me a call. So let's start talking about shifting this mindset. Okay. Now, one of the biggest things that I see stopping people from the ask is, as we said in the last segment, they don't know their value. Now, If you don't know your personal value, obviously, that's a personal thing in your personal space that you need to work on. But what about your business value? Do you have a value statement or a value proposition? If you don't have one, I'm telling you now, that's a huge part of the problem. A value proposition is the number one thing that determines whether people are going to bother reading more about your product or hit the back button. You know, when they when they uh, slide over your products and say, "Wait a minute," it's a promise of value to be delivered by you and your company. It's the primary reason a prospect should buy from you. Why should your prospects buy from you? You got to know why, and it can't just be because well, we're good. Because our product is fun. No, 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 no. If you don't know what this is, if you don't know what your value proposition is then how in the heck can your customers know, and more importantly, how in the heck can your referral resources know? If you can't define it, certainly they can't define it. You know, when I was in Business Networking International, BNI, uh, I was the president of the group, and I and I had them do a really fun little exercise. I had everyone go around the table. Well, we, we chose names, okay? So we had somebody's name in our hand, and we had to stand up for one minute, And we had to do a, I don't like the word elevator, the words elevator pitch, but we had to do an elevator pitch for the person that we chose. And it was amazing how many people, even though we had been together as a group for years, how many people could not define what another person in the group did succinctly And intelligently and in a way that would make somebody want to know more. It was amazing. So if you're not articulating it, you're, you're just. Um, passing up so many opportunity, I, I think this is really important. So I want to just take another minute, I think, to explore it. So your value proposition is a really clear and concise statement that it explains how your product solves the customer's problems or improves their situation in some way. It's all about relevancy to your ideal customer, okay? It, it delivers specific benefits. You want to quantify your value. Be very specific. What will they gain by buying from you? It tells the ideal customer, and that's the key here, the ideal customer. You want to speak to a niche. You want to speak to one person who's out there multiple times. It tells them why they should buy from you and not from the competition. Now, that's called unique differentiation. Okay, so so what makes you stand out from the competition? What makes you different? Okay, you've got to know these things, and you have to present this value proposition. Is the first thing that the visitors see on your website, and the first thing that you you know tell people when you sit down not 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 when you initially meet them, but when you sit down to talk about your business. They need to know what this value statement is, okay? Now, the key here where a lot of people fail with this is that they use technical talk, technical jargon. You got to make it simple. A value statement is, is something that real people are supposed to understand, okay? People who aren't as brilliant as you are in your your area, okay? It's for people to read and digest, okay, let, let me ask you this. I found this one online, okay? So you go to a website and you see this revenue focused marketing automation and sales effectiveness solutions unleash collaboration throughout the revenue cycle. Huh? What? Do you know what they do? Because I don't. I don't have a clue what that company is or what they do or uh, no clue. I don't know if they're right for me. No, I know they're wrong for me because they don't even know what they do. So we call this blandvertising, B-L-A-N-D, blandvertising. You're using all those technical jargon terms and who cares you don't have to prove how smart you are in your industry you only need to show people how you can help them so you've got to use very simple language your value proposition needs to be in the language of a customer You've got to join the conversation that's already going on in the customer's head and in their, in, in between friends, you know, in order to do that, you've got to know what language they're using, right? And you have to know what language they would use to describe your offering and, and how they would benefit from it. And you, you may not know what that is, so you got to get out there and find out. Use social media, you know, call people, pick up the phone and ask for a, a customer's time five minutes these answers are outside of your office outside of your own head you have to interview your customers to find out so get clear on your value this is the most important way to clear up your limiting mindset the one that is stopping you from the big ask okay here's some little exercises and such that you can do So, now, remember that, you know, these are general. These will not speak to everyone. Not everyone is in a position to do all of these. So, I'm just throwing out the ideas out there. You've got to find the one that resonates with you or the many that resonate with you. So, so try this. Try starting today. Why not? Give at least three referrals. If you can do that daily, if you're in that position, that's great. If you can do it weekly, that's great. I wouldn't suggest any further spaced out than that. Now, remember, a referral doesn't necessarily have to be, be from a very personal experience. You know, you might ask, I do this all the time for my clients. Somebody needs a search engine optimization guy. I'm out there asking all my clients who they've worked with and who they love and who they don't, okay? It can be something like that, okay? Okay. Do this in a situation where there's no payoff for you. It's just goodwill. And a way to remind yourself, stack three quarters in a pile on your desk and let that pile of quarters be your visual reminder of how many people you've helped. Every time you give a referral or share a great resource to help someone else, remove one quarter from the pile. Now, this could even be a good book, right? You're referring them to an author, okay? Okay. Your aim is to remove all three quarters every week and increase it as often as you can. You know, do this over and over for months. And then here's what you're going to notice. I love this giver's gain. That's the BNI motto giver's gain. Notice how many genuine referrals come your way and how much more business you're closing because this comes around at you. It does, it comes back. At you, In fact, people who struggle the most tend to be the ones who don't give or get referrals and share resources. So give some thought to that. The next thing, go ahead and ask for that referral, okay? It's kind of naive. It's very naive, actually, to believe that just because you did a good job for someone, they're automatically going to refer you. They don't because you haven't made it easy yet. Okay, most clients are not naturally inclined to just refer you because they're not. So in order to receive, we've got to ask. And that may sound scary. So you need to formulate your ask in advance. You've got to write a script for yourself that doesn't sound scripted. Okay. And it may be different for some different clients. Okay. Because you have clients maybe with different personality types. I've got clients who are directors. They want it short and sweet and fast. They want to get things done. And I have clients who are, you know, soft and they, they want to feel good. They want to help others to feel good. They're relators. I have to ask these people in two different ways. So be aware of that. Okay. Another one is describe the trigger. When somebody hears something, we're going to talk a little bit more about this later. When somebody hears something, what are they listening for that would tell them that you would be a good solution to whatever it is they're picking up on in in a conversation? So for instance, a financial advisor might say something like this to a referral resource. When you hear people say blank, Please introduce them for me. So he or she could say, Watch out for anybody who's expecting a baby or that learned who learned that their company is downsizing or who just sent their last kid off to college. How many can, of these can you come up with? Draft some ideas like that, some conversations that are both serious and humorous. Put a little humor into your stuff. That just helps so much. So what do you do and what will people listen for to know a good referral for you when they see or hear it? If you don't know they don't know. So write that down as another exercise for you to do. You've got to know who a great referral is for you, and you've got to help your clients know. And just because they're the perfect client and target doesn't mean they are going to recognize themselves and someone else. Okay, very, very important. Make a list. Come up with different scripts. Work on that. Okay, in this last segment, we're going to come back with some advice from the duct tape marketing guru, John Jansh, and his latest book, Duct Tape Selling. We'll be right back.
0: Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. This is the TokiNet Radio Network. Radio with a
2: cutting edge.
3: Have you heard?
2: Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka.
1: Okay, so we covered how to start getting these referrals flowing, and we said, you know, use the quarter trick and start handing out referrals, okay, and uh, without anything in return. Then reach out and ask for the referral, and then write a list of different things that people can listen for and watch for to know an ideal client when they see it. These are called triggers, okay? Next... Ask for your referral slowly. Don't don't push it. Give them time to consider and respond appropriately. I, I I For me, my method is to send an email first and then discuss it later because I want them to know right away how comfortable they are doing it, some ideas, if they have any questions. I want them to be prepared. I just don't want to attack with the referral request. So pace yourself and allow your clients to visualize the people they might refer to them. You You can ask some questions like, um, who do you know who is thinking about retirement? And let their brain just kind of scan the database and visualize the people they know. So be very specific in your ask. Again, this all boils down to knowing your ideal prospect, right? You've got to know who your ideal customer is. Boy, I have pages written about my ideal customer. And then what I did was I extracted just a couple of statements out of those paragraphs to really concisely describe them. So that's another great exercise for you. My ideal customer in my in my mind and my description is named Lucy after my wonderful African gray parrot, you know. So make it fun for yourself. Talk about your ideal customer at length, on paper, journal it. Don't just think it. Get it out in writing. Okay, and the next and final in this part is, you know, to ask the client questions like... How many people do you know who would benefit from sitting down and chatting with me? Now, most people, uh, salespeople would say it like this. Do you know anybody who would benefit from a chat with me? Instead of how many people. This triggers a different part of the brain to go into action. Because the the latter, do you know anyone, is a close-ended question. Okay? When asked that question, the client's brain automatically goes to, yes, I do. Or no, I don't. It doesn't go on a search. When you say, how many people do you know, they have to get into the brain and start counting and really calculating. So that's a little NLP trick, okay, neurolinguistic programming trick. Ask those questions that aren't closed-ended so that the brain has time to respond in an appropriate way. So again, know your, your value proposition Know your ideal customer inside and out. You got to know these things. You have to know these things to to take advantage of this absolutely free and wonderful method of getting clients. So I I just finished reading a book that um, John Jantz's, uh publisher or, or actually a PR guy sent to me oh gosh I have to admit maybe two months ago and and John if you're in marketing at all you know who he is he's uh, the guy who wrote, wrote duct tape marketing and the referral engine he's pretty brilliant I really do admire him and and follow him online and and such and and I actually uh, quoted him in today's ink article so make sure to head on over there and check that out because we've got some of this information already transcribed for you there okay so i found some really good stuff in in john's book and what i decided to focus on for the article and, and really this is what gave me the idea of today's show is um what what john says that your referral sources need to know these following five things in order to work for you okay in order to get out there and be your most vocal advocates because that's what you want you want to turn your happy customers not just into happy customers and that's where most people end okay that's where you think the game is done people say uh, okay i've done the sale i've coached this person i've done the accounting for this person they Are happy. Done. My job is done. Oh, my gosh. That's the furthest thing from the truth. If my accountant simply did my taxes every year and ignored me the rest of the year, she would not be my accountant. Okay. She calls me with ideas. She, she talks to me about how to expand and how to grow. She talks to me about my financial future. She and I have a relationship. And I'll tell you what, it took me years of accountants before I found someone like this, but I knew exactly what I was looking for. It's important to remember that this is all about maintaining that relationship. Don't just sell and walk. Okay. Keep your clients involved. Keep them top of mind. When I when I see something that reminds me of a client, whether it's an article, a book, a video, I uh, I'm doing this maybe three or four times a week. I am sending that to the client. And and when I say client, these could be people who coached with me ten years ago and whom I haven't spoken to in seven years. Okay. These people will always be my clients in my mind. They'll always be someone I think of and look out for always, always, always. And so I am constantly sending resources to, to old clients. And, um, You know, it it keeps that relationship going. And I can't even begin to tell you the value of that. So remember, this is all relationship-based marketing. So John says these five things, okay? The first question that you need to be able to answer to get your referral resources working for you is how would they spot your ideal client? And we did talk a little bit about this. He says in his book, describe your ideal client in such detail, that most would have a hard time not identifying at least a handful of people who fit the model perfectly. Or, better still, identify several actual prospective individuals or companies to use as examples. The more detail, including the types of challenges your client might be facing, the better prepared your referral sources will be to make the right introductions, because that's important that they're not just connecting you with people, but they're connecting you with the right people. The second question you need to be able to answer is, how would they best describe why they should work with you? Okay? So you want to give your referral resources this information. John says, hopefully you have a very clear understanding of this verse. I often refer to this as your, oh and here we go again, value proposition or your why choose us. I like that. It's a why choose us statement instead of a value proposition. That sounds so much less technical. Give your referral sources the actual words to use to describe how you are different from everyone else and and that say what you do, okay? Really important. Give them those words in writing, okay? The third question is, what are some of the common trigger phrases you should listen to? And we already went through this, so I'll just kind of make this succinct, and that's to provide a solid list of the things hot prospects might actually say. You know, like we talked about earlier, a remark that shows they need something that you offer, that your sources will hear them say. So, his uh, my the example I put in a paragraph in the article today over at Inc was, "I hate painting my house every other year," or "My accountant is all over me because we can't produce actual." Um, produce accurate sales reports okay so your accountant wants accurate sales reports who do you need man you need a really good bookkeeper right um i hate painting my house every other year i don't actually have to paint my house but if someone does um they have cedar siding probably and they are in need of a great outdoor painter so if you know one, you're going to refer them so these are these trigger phrases we talk about make sure you have a list of those and give them to your client And the fourth is, what does your follow-up process entail? Tell your sources exactly how you intend to follow up with their referrals and introductions and exactly how you would like them to be involved. So this helps, really helps turn a lead into an introduction and sets their minds at ease because you have a professional and valuable follow-up process rather than that, you know, that hunt and kill approach that we all love so much, okay? And this is this is John's final question: What's in it for them? You know, why should they do this? Well, John recommends that really only in rare instances should you offer some form of monetary incentives for referrals. He suggests instead to reinforce two things: why this is a valuable thing for customers to do, and how much you appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm going to read this part from the book. Um, How much? Okay. Often connecting referral generation with nonprofit support or allowing them to win something related to your business makes a lot of sense and you can add some fun to the process. So do a contest or something like that. And this is going to help your, your referral sources, you know, have a little fun with it. But most people don't want anything in return except to maintain that relationship with you because you've Become important to them. You've become important to something that they do, or something that you want, something, some problem that they needed cured. Okay, and that's what most of your customers want, and they, they of course want a thank you. You know, sometimes there have been times. Oh, oh, okay. This one just happened recently. A publicist sent me uh, one of his client's books, and I decided to quote the book and cite the book in my ink article. Okay, that's a really big deal. I've had people in, in, you know, that I've featured in one of my articles say that they built their business. Oh, many people. They built their business based on being in ink okay so it's a huge deal and i wrote the publicist and i said hey so and so congratulations i did enjoy the book you sent me and i cited so and so in this week's article would you please give it some social media love and pass that along to your client and i got no response none zero zip so i tweeted and I included his handle, and he didn't acknowledge that. And so I named him in a Facebook post, and he didn't acknowledge that. Will I ever use one of his clients again? No, I won't. I I, I actually won't because I, I mean, there's a benefit in me in getting juice to my you know to send to my articles, right? I get paid the more readership I get. So they did not help me meet the numbers that I needed to meet. And so there's no benefit to me, okay? So now you can deliver this information to your referral resources in one-page documents and on a website, or just informally address them at at each point at a meeting. But I suggest you put it in writing and make it easy for people to love to share your service and and uh, what you do and all about them. So go ahead and think about how you're going to educate your referral resources and let me know. This is Marla Tabaka and it has been delightful speaking with you this week. As always, find me at Marla Tabaka, T-A-B-A-K-A dot com. Send me a note. I love to hear you. From you. See you next week.
0: Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Togenet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there. And if you